Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hi, Margo. Thank you so much for coming on the Diversity at Work podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. And so people can know how we know each other. Um, Margo was actually the vice president of marketing um, in my very first job, and I was a marketing assistant at Stork Canada, um, which is the company that makes Werther's Originals. So we work together at a candy company, and if you're wondering, the answer is yes, we did eat candy for buckets. <laughs> buckets. Of it. Buckets. So Margot, can you, so you're the president and you're the founder of 365 Integrated. Can you introduce yourself and tell the listeners what your company does? Um, good morning. So I am, uh, I have a 20 plus year um, consumer packaged goods background that I worked uh, both in Canada and the United States. And throughout that period of time, I actually ran into a Dr. Daryl Edwards, who was a researcher, um, researcher slash psychologist who actually built a value centered decision making model. And I used him throughout my entire career. In fact, you met Dr. Daryl along the way, Andrea, at our department store. And so when I was the VP of um, premium chocolate, candy, and seasonal at Mars in my last um, corporate gig, I finally got to the point in my career where I kind of felt like I was just repeating the things over and over again. So Dr. Daryl Edwards invited me to launch my own company um, and license his methodology out of San Diego. And so what we do as an organization, as an organization, is we use the methodology in order to find the raw dimension or the heart or essence or sales tipping point of a brand. But what makes our organization unique is that rather than hand you a piece of research that says, here's an executive summary of stuff we've learned, we actually are the guy that comes in and says, here's how you use the stuff. Here's the strategy that you should um, proceed with in order to better understand your customer how to uh, attract and move people along their relationship with the brand, um, in effect, how to sell more. So what, what are you doing really, really right? What do you need to do less of in order to uh, increase or improve your relationship with your customer? So it sounds and, like your secret sauce is kind of like the perfect balance between like the expert researcher and the expert marketer that says, okay, this is what consumers want. This is how you're going to pull at their heart to make them want your brand. But this is actually, and you provide like, this is how you bring it to life. And these are the tangible things that you can do yes. um, to engage more consumers in your brand. Yes. And so what always frustrated me, you, you never start a company unless you see a gap. And what frustrated me was uh, tons and tons of research that would then just sit on a shelf and nobody would do anything with it. And if you had um, a really strong-minded marketing guy inside, they could then take it and try to figure out how do you apply it to your business. And then they have to sell it all the way up through the food chain in order to try and get any value out of it. We do that work. And so to your point, um, we, we are the guy that closes the gap that helps them in effect manage it inside their organization so they can get the amplified sales benefit of what is truly unique inside an organization that has just been lost along the way or white space that hasn't been tapped into yet. 
Um, okay, sorry. I just want to pause you for a sec because I feel like this is really valuable for people because you provide the influence as well in the organization to sell it through. Because Correct. sometimes when you're in marketing and if you're in a big company, it's hard because you're like, I have this great idea, but how do I get finance, accounting, production, all these people on board? And you actually kind of provide that strategy as well. Yep. In fact, what we what we learned along the way. So so in effect, I find the genius inside of the business. And along the way, I get to know the people working on the business and I see the genius inside of them. And so it's that mutuality where we collaboratively bring the work back and we actually collaboratively make them live the brand inside. And so we take a day or two with the data and actually workshop it. And we make people go through their own subconscious, their own barriers, what they believe to be true about the brand. And we push all of it to the side and make everybody actually live the brand, live the voice of their own customer. And at the end of that, with the marketing team, we've actually created alignment in an organization and velocity to get things changed inside in order to see that amplification in sales while a marketing guy is on their desk. Amazing. So, so yeah. what kind of companies do you work with? Um, it's all the big ones. Actually, it's, it's funny. I don't, I don't, um, it's, I don't appreciate the, the, uh, the opportunity that I've had a hundred percent of our businesses referrals. I'm looking at my board here. And so I am the national arts center, um, McDonald's, Corby's, Cara foods, Ottawa senators, sick kids foundation, uh, video weight watchers, North America. We do, we do business on both sides of the border, Haribo out of Germany, um, we do big and small, you know, Holy Trinity school was a small one yet. We've completely helped them understand what they really, the genius within their brand and business, Canada dry, um, McVitie's, uh, cookies out of the UK, Canadian cancer society, um, United van lines, uh, TVO and pretty much okay, well, everyone, I'm going to interrupt you because we <laughs> go on and on. But the point here is that Margot is killing it. Like she leads this business and she's a very, leads a very small business. And these clients are huge multinational brands that she's able to serve and really help those marketing departments within those brands really do an amazing job and kind of deliver more value for their companies. I think yes. that's really awesome. Um, okay. So now we <laughs> all know how awesome you are. And, mm -hmm. um, I want you to tell everybody the reaction that you had when I, you read my email inviting you on my podcast. Well, I'm, I actually don't know what I wrote back, but I was, I was shocked that you saw me as a trailblazer. Um, and I was shocked at the impact that you felt I had made early on in your career. Yet I actually remember those days when you would be in my desk at my at my desk late at night. Um, once you brought it to my attention, so um, you know, do I think I'm a trailblazer? No. Do you, to your point, do you did you point out evidence to me that proved that I was probably? Um, and then and then I mean, there's two sides, right? There's the awesome side and there's the cost side um, that I believe that to be successful as women in business, there always is that other side that um, authentically and transparently is always there. Okay, so let's go back. So this was the year we worked together was 2004, uh, which was oh a while God. ago. And that was before we really talked about the gender gap. And I was, I remember this so clearly. I was already working there for a couple months uh, when you started, Margot. And 
this interesting thing happened. I remember you coming in and very early on, you would go every week and play hockey with the all-male leadership team. <laughs> and I think now I know what I know now. I'm like, wow, Marco was literally like leveraging her social capital, getting herself <laughs> included before any of this kind of language was on our radar. So I want you to tell us <laughs> how you got yourself included right from the get-go in that group. Uh, so, and, and it's funny because I mentioned to you earlier that I was trying to wrap my own personal principles in place. So I was brought up in a house where um, my dad um, treated my brother and I the same. So my brother had to wash as many dishes as I had to mow the lawn. So I never saw myself as him or her. I saw myself as an equal and he brought me up that way. So it's funny when I, when I listened to you ask me about the hockey, how it came about is um, the president at the time had been interviewing for a VP for like three years and they had presented hundreds of candidates to him. Um, my last interview with him was actually a test to see, I think to your point, if socially I would fit that environment or not. And so my last interview was come out and play hockey with us Friday morning at seven o'clock. Did and he know you played hockey at this point in time? He, he, he must have because uh, somehow I got myself invited. Anyway, and, and to your point, I was very, very nervous showing up. I mean, um, men playing hockey is just a whole different game than women. But, um, and he wasn't there. That was the funniest part. So I get there, get dressed in the ref's room, come out, I come to the boards, and he's not there. And so this nice man comes up to me and says, uh, I said, I'm looking for such and such. And he said, oh, he's, he's always late. He never gets here to the second period. Just come on. So then I thought, oh, my God. Anyway, once you get on the ice, you start playing, you're just one of the one of the guys, and it was awesome. And so coming out of that, he said, actually, you are what you say you are, and I can see you are what you say you are, and I think you'll fit fine, and he hired me. And so then I went out with him every Friday because it was so much fun, and the guys were so great. But to your point, you know, I think it just comes back to I never saw myself as a female, and I never saw myself as ever having a ceiling. Um, anywhere in my career. I basically live by the principle of put your head down, work hard, and the work will prove itself out, and you will be rewarded for your business results and for your you know, sincerity and leadership within an organization. And I don't think it was any different there. Um, it's interesting that you say kind of like the put your head down and hard work is going to get you ahead, because all the research that I'm learning about now says that the hard work is not enough, but those relationships are really what gets you ahead. And you knew that maybe you didn't actually actively know it, but you were doing that. And the fact that you were meeting with those people playing hockey every week was yeah. like literally showcasing the great work that you could do. And you, like you could, I'm just guessing probably get stuff sold through easier because you had those connections with them on that more deeper level. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think that was the same how I rolled in every organization. I just, uh, I don't know. I just 
I, I guess to your point, I did do that. I, it's not that I wasn't authentically doing it. I absolutely was authentically doing it. But I also uh, found ways to be included, um, which hockey did. Hockey allowed me to be included. Uh, hockey allowed me to be positioned in their minds in a disruptive way so that they reconsidered who I was um, and what I had to say, watching hockey or sports on the weekends, or like, I guess I just, um, and I still do it today, I find a common ground that is, um, allows us to, to build a relationship in a way that you get, you generate that level of trust, that you can have that deeper connection um, with somebody so that they want to be motivated to help you. I mean, in, uh, in all of the organizations, I always had sales on site. It didn't matter what size business I was on. I always won share of voice. And I won share of voice, to your point, probably because the human being that was actually executing um, the sales strategy for me, I knew who they were. I knew who their kids were. I mean, I, I generally cared about them, and they knew that. And because of that mutual respect, I probably got a lot more done. And I didn't see it as being female or male. I saw it as being human. I think I was trying to always be a better human. And I always subconsciously, which I professionally do now, try to find the genius or the gift that each person has. And I always tried to tap into that and I would leverage that. I mean, that's exactly what you provided with um, at Stork for me is it wasn't that you were young and right out of school is your ability to get so excited about everything. And because you were so excited, you generated this enormous amount of energy and passion and curiosity. And you just by virtue of being you created that sense of, I want to help her and everybody got excited naturally because of you. And so that was your gift that I used to leverage and I would leverage it for everybody else and build a stronger team around you as in myself. So I think, I think it's just, I don't, honestly, I didn't have a playbook. Um, I, I think I just, I just saw everybody as a human, everybody with faults, but everybody with absolute enormous gifts. And if I understood what that gift was and I would work hard at the relationship till I did, and I would kill people with kindness, um, that I would get the best out of all of them. And therefore I would get the best for my business. And, and, and Mars was no exception. I mean, I wasn't there a minute and a half where girls were coming up to me because we had a mentor relationship. And all of a sudden, like overnight, I had 11 women that I was mentoring. And, and so was I mentoring? No, I was basically celebrating who they were as humans. And, and I was doing the same with the, with the guys. And a lot of my professional relationships today are men that have come out of Mars. I still stay in touch with them because I, I see the human. I see the human. I think that's what um, I always try to do differently, maybe. Cool. I think that's really cool. It's like looking at it in such a positive way, like really leveraging relationships and making it good for the other person too. Like it never in my mind would ever like think that you're doing something just because of you and you're that you would push your own agenda. You always have kind of the agenda of the company or the agenda of the other people in mind. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. And I never, to your point, I never, yeah, I guess that's, I, I, I would actually be bone crushed if somebody thought I had had an agenda for myself. What we aligned on was the agenda for the business. But what I 
um, fostered or tried to bring to the surface and tried to build confidence around is is the the beautiful the beautiful like gifts that each of us have and none of it's the same ever everybody had their own thing so your ability to get everybody energized and excited and moving and wanting to work was what I amplified out of you and you know and the other Christine on my left was all about numbers and button down and could manage relationships in Germany and had such a humble down to the earth authentic um, way that she dealt with different cultures and I would amplify that um, all, all I did was see it and bring it to life um, and that's kind of actually what I do professionally today is is do it for business but I also do it within people because both married together and what they can unpack and do is awesome um, it's yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so if you're listening, you're probably thinking Marga would be an awesome boss to have. And yeah, that is like a hundred percent true. Like I loved my job. I loved working with Margot, but then Margot left for another <laughs> opportunity. And I want to tell um, the people listening what happens um, because I really loved my job and kind of talking about it today. It's like, you really enabled me to love my job. Like you made those opportunities for me so that I could really thrive. And I was like two years out of school. So I was very yep. young at the time, but it was such a great experience as my first job. Um, but Margot left, who was a big advocate of mine and I talk about sponsorship. So Margot actually got me my first promotion and at the time, I didn't feel like it was that quick, but looking back, I think it was only two years after I graduated that yep. you no, got you me my first well. promotion. So that's pretty early. Um, and really, so Margot sponsored me. So really, she wasn't my boss, but she was that person that was more senior that really believed in me and advocated me kind of when I, for me when I wasn't there, got all the people on board that needed to be on board for me to get approved to have a promotion. So. Number one, thank you for that. I don't know. <laughs> thank you. But it was such a great opportunity for me to be there and I loved it. And then Marco left um, eventually and, and I was still there. And an interesting thing happened is that I didn't like my job anymore. And also at the same time, there was two other women that we worked with. Um, and it was the same culture that Margot had kind of instilled in the team and they both got pregnant at the same time. So I was there and I was, I felt alone and to be honest, I didn't love going to work anymore. I really didn't love going to work anymore. Uh, this president that had kind of instilled the hockey league as well wasn't there anymore. So there was yeah. like all these people that had advocated for me and knew my potential and kind of had gotten me like supported me to get me to that spot where I was. They weren't there anymore. And I was kind of left by myself. And I want to just use this as an opportunity to showcase how important having strong relationships are for you to be successful in a company. And for me at that point, I was looking around and I could not see myself building a successful career there anymore. I just, I just couldn't see it. Um, because, and I look back now that I know all the research is I didn't have those senior people to advocate for me. And so what I did at the time, this is probably like, I think I was 24, 25. I found a new job and moved on. Um, 
but which I'm actually looking back, I'm happy that I took action because I do know now in the kind of work that I do, a lot of people will stay in organizations or stay in a position where they don't think there is a future. And at that point, they're bitter, they're not engaged, they're not really bringing their best selves at work. And then they bring that home with them and they're just not happy. Um, but I do recognize now, because I'm so much wiser, that there was another option and I could have kind of really mirrored what Margot did is find those other people. So within the organization, I could have found more sponsors. So I could have reached out to the sales team. I could have kind of strengthened those relationships and had someone kind of at the senior sales level kind of at the table for me. But anyways, it was back then you can't regret you had to move no, forward. But I, I left. But I think that's something that I take away with is that really understanding that relationships really do matter. And if people do leave, it's not the end of the world, like there is options, but really, to just do something about it. And yeah, that. so um, all right, so I'm gonna do a quick time check. We have been going for about half an hour. So wow. what yeah. A lot more fun than I thought. <laughs> yeah. So in the, I just want to kind of recap what we talked about. Um, and then we'll stop this episode and then we will continue the rest of our um, interview in the next episode. So really what we talked about today is that Margot is killing it. Um, <laughs> and kind of like looking back, she was doing this all the time and kind of I feel like what you did is like you have this gift of like seeing the insights and having the strategy and you honed it for so many years. And then when it was time for you to step away from the corporate world, um, yeah. you were able to do that. And in the next episode, I want to dive a bit deeper into that moment where you knew and where you made that decision that, you know what, the corporate world isn't for me anymore. I want to kind of go out on my own and now you're serving corporate clients. So you're still in it, but now you are in charge. You're an entrepreneur. You're leading, building, leading and building your own business. So in our next episode, we're going to dive deeper into that. So thank you so much for sharing your story, Margo, with us today. It's been an absolute honor. Thank you.